Archdiocese of Sioux Falls Office of Adult Faith Formation, this is the Prairie Rome Companion with Dr. Chris Bergwald. Hello and welcome to this, the sixth episode of the Prairie Rome Companion. Uh, I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And today we are, we have an interview, another interview actually, with Father Martin Lawrence. Father Lawrence is our diocesan liturgical master of ceremonies. He is a priest at St. Joseph Cathedral in Sioux Falls, uh, and was ordained three years ago as a, as a priest for our diocese. Father originally hails from New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, for those of you who may not know. Uh, and he is going to be uh, talking with us today about uh, the theological and spiritual significance of Advent. Father Martin, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Father, just to, to begin, I wonder if first you could, uh, sp- we could talk about what exactly is Advent, uh, the liturgical season of Advent. When does, what is it, and when does it begin, and when does it end? Well, Advent is a season of four weeks, or at least four Sundays, uh, preceding the Feast of Christmas, the Nativity of our Lord. Uh, the Sunday closest to the Feast of St. Andrew is usually the way the church marks it. Uh, it's a season of preparation, a season of expectation. It's a season of special prayer uh, and longing, uh, special prayer, especially prayer using the Word of God, the Holy Scripture, and the prayer of the liturgy in preparation for the great Feast of Christmas. But also, Advent, the season of preparation, is a time to prepare for three comings of our Lord. His coming at the end of time, um, which can also mean his coming at the end of our lives. Not just at the end of time, but the time when we close our eyes in death and stand before him as our merciful judge. His coming in grace. It's coming to us every day in the grace of the sacraments and the grace of prayer, the grace of our families, the love we share, the love we're called to, the reconciliation we're called to daily uh, is coming to us particularly in Holy Communion. And then, last but not least, his coming the first time at Christmas in the Incarnation, uh, the Feast of Christmas, and how we live the reality of the Incarnation that God became man so that we could become like God. Okay, so in a, nutshell, so a season preparation in particular for those, for those various comings. Uh, and you sort of already answered this question, but is that why then it's a separate liturgical season? What if somebody said, well, how come ordinary time doesn't just run right up until December 25th? Uh, you've kind of, sort of already answered that, but if you were going to, if somebody asked you that, Father, why does ordinary time not run up until December 25th? Why this special season? Sort of give the answer you just did, or, or is there anything else you might say to that? Well, historically, uh, through the church, both in the East and the West, there was a need for a season of preparation um, prior to the celebration of Christmas. Because whenever we have a feast, we have to have preparation or fast. You, know? you don't appreciate a feast without a day of fast or a day of ordinary eating, at least. Uh, If you had a feast day every day at home with your families, um, you wouldn't appreciate Christmas and the holidays. And also spiritually, we cannot have the joy of Christmas, the spiritual joy of that great feast, which and the, and the, the reality it celebrates of the incarnation that God became man, 
without spiritually preparing. Historically, in the East, uh, I believe Advent has a longer history. Mm. Um, at one point in the West, it actually started on November the 11th, the Feast of St. Martin of Tours. It was called St. Martin's Fast. Uh, still in the East, it, there is a heavier emphasis on penance and fasting. Um, in the West, um, our observance of uh, Advent uh, is not as uh, much a time of penance. In fact, it is not considered a penitential feast by the church, but a season of preparation. Um, implied in that um, season of preparation, there is a sobriety. Uh, no flowers on the altar except for the third Sunday of Advent, Gaudete Sunday, which is mid-Advent, just like we have Letare Sunday on the fourth Sunday of Lent, mid-Lent. Uh, kind of a little reprieve from the the somberness of of, of Advent, the somberness of Lent. Um, within Advent, this sobriety, uh, the music is not as joyful. Uh, it's more a time for a contemplative prayer, even as a community, as we assemble for the Holy Eucharist. Um, also implied within the season of preparation, penance is implied in order to prepare our souls. Uh, it can't, you can't get around it. Penance is the thing which, the element of our, our spiritual lives, which uh, help us uh, overcome, and, and with God's grace, the, the temporal punishment due to sin, uh, help us build our relationships with the Lord and through grace and, and becoming better Christians. And, you know, we think of spring cleaning. We think of cleaning our houses for Christmas before we decorate. Uh, the same thing could be said for our souls. You know, How can we say, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus, and we're not ready, which implies being in a state of grace, uh, practicing charity, uh, living right, living close to him. So the penance is implied and getting the house clean. But it, although it's not an officially a penitential season as Lent is, in the sense that Lent is a time we join with the catechumens and the candidates for full initiation in, in their preparation and preparation for us to renew our baptismal promises um, as we journey with the Lord uh, and he, as he carries his cross to Calvary and then to Easter morning as we rejoice with him. Okay, so we could characterize Advent uh, in this statement as a season of preparation. Anything else that distinguishes Advent as a liturgical season from the others, Lent, Easter, ordinary time, Christmas? Well, the thing you'll notice, it's very, it, it has a lot, it's very much like Lent in the sense that the glory is omitted mm -hmm. um, on the Sundays of Advent, including the third Sunday of Advent, although the organ may be played and uh, rose vestments may be worn and flowers may be used in the sanctuary on the, fourth, the third Sunday of, Lent, of Advent, Gaudete Sunday. Um, so the glory is missing. Um, use, the organ is, sh should only be used to accompany the singing, although it may be, you know, I, I, I think you can be a little creative with that according to the rubrics, but uh, it should really, we should try to leave it for just the accompaniment of singing. Um, also, the color of the vesture. Mm -hmm. uh, we use violet. It's the same color we use, pretty much the same color we use during Lent, although liturgists would prefer us to use uh, the bluish color, the 
the more royal color violet or purple during Advent, uh, and the Roman purple during Lent, which is the reddish, cranberryish color, to distinguish the two seasons. Uh, purple is a color of, of penance, but it's also the color of royalty, and we're preparing our souls to receive the royal guest, Christ the King, either at the end of time or at the end of our lives, be it today or tomorrow, or 10 years, 30 years from now. Mm -hmm. And then we're preparing our souls again, reminding ourselves about the preparation we need to do to receive him in Holy Communion mm -hmm. and in prayer. So that's another thing which separates it from the other seasons. Um, when you go from violet or purple to white and gold at Christmas time, uh, you see the difference. You know, and the organists play joyfully, and you have the beautiful Christmas flowers. Um, the thing which separates it from other seasons, uh, these things are evident. Mm -hmm. uh, things which makes it like a little Lent, even though it isn't, are evident. The colors, uh, the liturgical color, etc., the absence of the Gloria, except on the two feasts, Our, Our Lady's Immaculate Conception and, Immacula and Our Lady of Guadalupe. Um, but it separates us from the rest of the world, who has been, which has been celebrating Christmas since Halloween. You know, <laughs> yes. everyone's houses are decorated already. Yes, they are. And you come into to the Catholic Church on the first Sunday of Advent, and we're wearing purple, you know, and um, prepare the way of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Prepare ye. Uh, stand erect, and uh, your redemption is at hand. Do not die of fright, mm -hmm. but, but await your redemption. Uh, we heard in Sunday's Gospel. Um, and this continues until Christmas Eve. Uh, and, of course, people who do not celebrate Christmas as an entirely spiritual feast, uh, you see their Christmas trees down on December 26th mm -hmm. out on the lawn ready for the trash man to mm -hmm. pick up or the recycle person to come and take. But as Catholics, we can keep our trees up all the way throughout the Christmas season. And we have the beautiful octave of Christmas, which we'll talk about later, but Christmas is a, for a whole week. We can celebrate the day. So um, it would be a good thing for Catholics to try to return to that simplicity of living. Mm -hmm. uh, we get so wrapped up in, and, and certainly out of love for people and, and care for our families, you know, with shopping and preparation and decorating and everything has to be so perfect and every Christmas card has to be there out of protocol. But to live the liturgy of the church and where Holy Mother Church is in, in prayer and uh, making our, our hearts joyful through prayer and and uh, preparation to receive Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, we're, as you mentioned, we're going to be talking in an in a episode soon to come about the Christmas season in particular for some of the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, so easy to forget that it is a season, not just a day. Uh, you mentioned the first reading, uh, or the reading from, the gospel reading from the first Sunday of Lent, or Advent, sorry. And uh, other language, I mean, the assault of the prepare yourself for, I mean, because we just read that actually Saturday, the last day of the liturgical year, that was the gospel reading as sure. well. And just seeing those right next to each other, just the, the strong, very almost militant language of the gospel from, from Luke is sure. very powerful. But, uh, uh, but positive, pow right. powerful, but um, not gloomy and pessimistic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our Lord tells us all these things and, and to learn the lesson from them and that many will die of fright. Uh, 
but he doesn't want his followers to die afraid. He wants us to be prepared. As it's a stand erect, as, as you mentioned. Stand erect. Right. And to, we, it's a joyful <coughs> hope as we pray in the little prayer book after the Our Father, the priest prays, uh, as we wait in joyful hope for the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's also a little prayer, uh, protect us from all anxiety, mm-hmm. anxiety of heart. Uh, that's another thing to think of, too. Uh, so... You and I just a brief uh, tangent here. We were talking about the liturgical colors and the the slight distinction between the two uh, shades, so to speak, of violet or That's purple. Ideal. That's ideal. That's the ideal, right? But I, just briefly, I wonder if you could just briefly run through all of the liturgical colors. If we can do that briefly, at least name them, the seasons they're used, oh, sure. and so on. Well, of course, we see green the most, and we use that during the season we call ordinary time, which is not called ordinary because it's not extraordinary, but it's named ordinary after the ordinal numbers, the way it's counted. Um, so we see green a lot in the time after the Epiphany and the time after Pentecost, uh, ordinary time. Um, the, uh, of course, the colors for Advent and Lent are violet, and we talked about that. Uh, the color, the optional color, some priests are a little afraid to wear rose, and it is rose and not pink. Uh, I, I always joke that I look like a great big piece of bubble gum <laughs> in, in the rose vestment, but it is rose, not pink. Um, those colors are optional for the third Sunday of Advent called Gaudete, and that's why the pink candle is on the Advent wreath, the third Sunday. Um, not the Sunday closest to Christmas. And then on the fourth Sunday of, Ad, of Lent, you may wear violet, I mean a rose for Letare Sunday, also the Sunday to rejoice. Uh, the other liturgical colors, of course, white for the season of Christmas and Eastertide, white or gold. Gold always replaces white. Uh, in fact, gold can be used on solemn occasions for any of the colors except uh, violet or, or black. Red is used on the feasts of the Holy Spirit, like Pentecost, a feast of martyrs uh, who gave their, their blood for the faith, their life for Christ and his church. Um, it's also used on feasts of the Passion, uh, votive masses of the passion. Um, white is also used on not just for Easter and Christmas, but on feasts of Our Lady, uh, feasts of uh, confessors who were non-martyrs, feasts of virgins who were not martyrs, uh, and uh, other feasts of Our Lord, uh, like the Sacred Heart or um, votive masses of maybe His Holy Name or um, etc. Um, then um, for funerals, um, normally in the country, in the United States, we use the color white because of uh, the significance of baptismal grace and the placing of the pall and uh, at the beginning of Mass, which is a symbol of the, the baptismal garment we receive on a, the day of our baptism. But uh, violet may be used, um, or even black in this country, if, uh, if the family so requests. And um, did I forget any colors? I think that's all of them, Father. So, uh, and we'll return to those again with each when we sure. talk about the other seasons as well. But I thought it'd just be good to hear hear them uh, with one run through, so to speak. And of course, go, uh, festive vestments for you know Christmas and Easter can have lots of white, gold, and even other colors running through them. So. Y- you said that gold uh, always uh, takes the place of white. What, what did you mean by that? Well, f- for a, the solemn occasion. You know, a very uh, an important occasion. Um, gold can be used. 
can be uh, can be used in place of white, place or of. even if it's a Sunday in ordinary time and you're celebrating the parish anniversary or sure. something, you can supp- supplement um, gold. Okay, very good. Thank you. Sure. Uh, you touched a little bit on the historical origins of Advent. Anything more uh, you could say about that, particularly in the West, how the season arose? Well, uh, you. There were in different parts of the of the Western world, in different dioceses, in different, uh, or the res, as the result of different synods of bishops, uh, different things were determined, and they were not necessarily determined for the whole universal church in the West, mm-hmm. the whole Latin rite as we know it, um, and that that's also how the development of particular feasts mm-hmm. started. Um, they started maybe one particular diocese, and then they spread to a whole province and you know a country, and then they spread to the uh, universal church in the West. Um, so the, the, the set time of Advent um, developed that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, since before the Council of Trent, we have had Advent as the f- four Sundays preceding um, Christmas. So was it Trent that standardized the celebration, or did it... It had already been standardized, okay. but Trent standardized it in the calendar okay. of the Missal, which was the way Mass was celebrated at Rome, uh, even as, early, as far back as the time of Pope Gregory the Great. Right. And, uh, and when that Missal was codified and, and offered, you know, dioceses, some dioceses had their own rites, right. you know, and of course religious orders did, and, um, and so there was a development. So actually, referring to the other rites, uh, in the, actually for both East and West, for the various Catholic rites, is Advent uniform, as far as you know, or is there some variation between rites well, today? Even? particularly like the Eastern rites, and I, I, there are a number of... Right. Uh, <laughs> no pun intended. And also a number of Eastern churches, too. Yes. Um, um, for the most part, uh, there is a season of preparation, uh, uh, a season of fast. It's I know for sure in, in the Ruthenian Church, it's it, it is for sure a time of fast. Um, but the interesting thing is, on Sundays, they do not wear violet because of the resurrection. They wear, of course, they don't have a, a system of color liturgical colors the way we do. They have dark or bright. Okay. Uh, dark would even be red or violet or black, you know, for for days of penance and um, uh, weekdays of of uh, Lent, uh, funerals, etc. Uh, but bright color, and also it includes light blue and gold for feasts of Our Lady. That's uh, always worn on Sundays. Mm. So the Sundays preceding uh, Christmas, because of the resurrection, and the Sundays of Lent are always Sundays when, when bright is worn. Hmm. And, of course, in Lent, they don't drop the Alleluia either. You know, and hmm. they never drop the Alleluia. But um, the, the Sunday, the, the primacy of Sunday is the Lord's Day the day and, and the day of the resurrection would prevent them from ever wearing dark colors. So, it, But during the week, um, there is a serious... Um, it's a serious time of fasting. In particular, do they have, uh, is the four Sundays in preparation, is that universal uh, among the Catholic churches, or is there a variation? As I far think as there know? may be a variation. Okay. I, am not, I am not quite sure. Okay. Um, I'm not quite sure, but I, um, 
I'm not. Okay. So, all right. Thank you very much. Uh, the other thing I was wondering uh, that it, that'd be interesting if you could speak to, if you look at the liturgical texts for Mass and and the other liturgical, excuse me, liturgical actions, Liturgy of the Hours and so on, what is distinctive about those texts during the Advent season, if anything? Well, um, of course, uh, the, the theme of Advent is present, preparation, um, uh, prepare, prepare the way, be vigilant. Um, um, Advent has two parts. We call one early Advent, which is the first Sunday of Advent, or first Vespers, before the first Sunday, through um, Compline of the 16th of December. Mm-hmm. Starting on... Compline s- being night prayer? Night prayer, excuse me. And uh, starting with morning prayer of uh, December the 17th, we, go, we enter into something which is called late Advent, which everything turns towards the immediate preparation for the celebration of the Nativity of the Lord. Uh, earlier part, early part of Advent, early Advent, um, we journey with the uh, Israelites in their longing for the Messiah, uh, in that anticipation, in that great desire for him to come to save them, to redeem them, to raise them up, to liberate them. Of course, we want him to liberate us from sin and um, to raise us up to eternal life, etc., the second part, beginning with the 17th, uh, our, our, our gaze turns towards uh, the lowly virgin of Nazareth and, and uh, John the Baptist mm-hmm. and preparing his way in the desert, um, uh, St. Elizabeth and St. Joseph and then eventually to Bethlehem mm-hmm. and the infant Jesus. And uh, the distinctive thing, of course, the, we call the O Antiphons. And the famous hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, is based on, as a musical setting, a hymn, a metrical setting, of those beautiful antiphons from the Liturgy of the Hours. And there are the antiphons at Vespers for the Magnificat, the Canticle of Our Lady, mm-hmm. beginning on the 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, and with O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, that is actually the last antiphon, Emmanuel. They put that first in the hymn, but it really begins with... O come, O wisdom, O holy word of God, on the 17th. Uh, on the 18th, we have, O sacred Lord of ancient Israel, come. Uh, then on the 19th, O flower of Jesse's stem. And on the 20th, O key of David, O royal power of Israel, come and save us. The 21st, O radiant dawn, splendor of eternal light, son of justice. The 22nd, O king of all the nations, O keystone of the mighty arch of man. And then on the 23rd is, O Emmanuel, O desire of the nations, savior of all people. And, of course, on the 24th is actually first Vespers, or we always begin major feasts, solemnities, the night before, and we that's our tradition from uh, the Israelites, from mm-hmm. our Jewish brothers and sisters, m- many centuries before our Lord. Um, so the Feast of Christmas begins the evening before with First Vespers, and that um, antiphon is different. No, is that Okam Okam? No, you mentioned that. Oh, was the Emmanuel's the 23rd. 23rd. Uh, spe- and speaking, by the way, so Advent, when does Advent technically and precisely end then? It ends right before the before First Vespers of Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve, uh, 
evening prayer, evening first prayer. vespers, is the beginning of the Christmas season. And in parishes, that would be the first vigil mass. Right, right. Okay. And, uh, which is a little confusing on Sunday, since we only have literally four weeks of four Sundays of Advent. We don't have we have three weeks of Advent with right. four Sundays. Right. And the other thing with these antiphons, you said they're the antiphons of the Magnificat for evening they're, prayer vespers. They're also used as the antiphon for the Alleluia of the Mass of the, the daily day. Mass. And what if what happens on the Sunday that fall, for the fourth Sunday if that fall well which it would usually fall. To, today this year the fourth the uh, third Sunday begins uh, the O antiphons on the 17th. But the sun, each Sunday has its own, so that replaces it. So it does. Re- so, yes. so the Sunday, the the Sunday antiphon with, within, particular, yep. If it falls within, replaces it. Always replaces. It has supersedes always the, even the o, the o antiphon. I so believe. Like, yes, okay. I believe. Okay. Okay. The other thing, I, I just in thinking about you mentioned parish life. Uh, are there any liturgical rites unique to Advent that a parish can use to bring home the reality and the importance of the season? Anything outside of Obviously, besides Mass. Uh, well, um, certainly having evening prayers, parts of the Liturgy of the Hours, praying the Psalms uh, in anticipation, praying the Psalms uh, in anticipation of the coming of the Messiah, um, an excellent addition mm-hmm. and something you might want to start and then keep, a good mm-hmm. habit and keep it up. Sunday Vespers. Sunday in Vespers right. in particular. And... Uh, of course, that's difficult in places where you have um, evening masses. And right. Um, there's, uh, you know, also from um, our Hispanic uh, culture, the posadas, you know, the uh, every night, um, a pre- I think it's nine days actually preceding Christmas, there's a service where uh, they go from home to home and pray uh, to welcome the Holy Family as, you know, journeying with our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph as she was carrying the Lord Jesus, uh, looking for a place to lodge, Mm -hmm. you know, to have her baby. And um, that's a beautiful custom that uh, certainly is not just limited to Hispanic people, Mm -hmm. peoples. Um, There are times, you know, our Blessed Mother is, our Blessed Mother and, of course, St. Joseph and St. John the Baptist and... um, prophet Isaiah, uh, they journey with us uh, through Advent, but Our Lady is, is uh, par excellence, our, our companion in uh, welcoming the Lord as she welcomed him and resigned herself to God's will, I am the handmaid of the Lord. So any Marian devotion, um, you know, with readings from scripture and uh, the singing of Our Lady's canticle, the Magnificat, the Rosary, um, Special devotions to our Blessed Mother, as uh, you know, of course, and then we have the Feast of uh, Immaculate Conception and Our Lady of Guadalupe right up in there too, and um, and then you know, of course, every parish I think has the Advent wreath, which you know originally um, was used in the home uh, and was part of the family table, and the family lit the candle every night and said the prayers and. Uh, said some of the prayers from the liturgy uh, to bring the liturgy home. It was a way of living the liturgy in the family every day. But now it's become almost um, a quasi-ritual part of our Catholic masses, you know. And uh, But 
because of that, it's taken also out of the home. You don't see it mm-hmm. as much in the home. Mm-hmm. So that would be a good thing for Catholics to do as a family and maybe eat together a couple times a week more than they would normally do mm-hmm. and gather around the light of the, as the light increases, the light of the Advent wreath. Light is increasing, and, and <coughs> soon the light of the world will be born as a little baby and um, come to us in, the, in, in his nativity. Uh, so. I want to ask you in a minute more about some ideas for home rituals during the Advent season. But before I move from the parish to the the house, the home, you, you've referred a couple times to Gaudete Sunday. And uh, for those of us who don't have very old liturgical memories, I wonder if you could speak a little bit more about Gaudete Sunday, its its status, uh, official status, so to speak, right now. What Gaudete means uh, to begin with, maybe. Well, it, that has always been, um, that has not been its formal name. It, it ha- is still no longer its formal, formal name. It was always the third uh, Sunday of Advent, mm-hmm. or the Laetare Sunday, the fourth Sunday of Lent. Um, and it's c- kind of a midway um, celebration. Uh, it's a little bit of a reprieve. Uh, it's a holiday from uh, the things we're missing, you know, we're, we're fasting in a way, and I have quotation marks around that, from um, flowers in church, except for the Immaculate Conception and Our Lady of Guadalupe, on flowers on the altar, the use of the organ, unless you haven't stopped, you know. Um, um, all of the violet, um, the, um, you know, if we're living the liturgy in our in our families too, you know, we... You know, uh, some people won't go to office parties and have Christmas parties or attend Christmas parties or try not to, at least, uh, during the Advent season. So having Gaudete Sunday, was a, uh, it's the Sunday to rejoice. And uh, that's what Gaudete means. Rejoice in the Lord is the entrance antiphon um, of the Mass. And instead of wearing violet, the priest may wear rose, which is a joyful color. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, you know. Then there's also historical reasons why it was called um, the, the color rose was used, but that's for another time. Okay. Um, involving the Pope and the blessing of a rose, but golden rose. But um, so it, it's a a bit of a a let up, you know, and and uh, we can get some things out of our system that we've been missing you know mm-hmm. the use of the organ uh, and and or, or instrumental organ works in church and uh, maybe uh, that might be the Sunday that the priest will use incense again or mm-hmm. uh, you know the flowers will be on the altar maybe that's the Sunday you might start putting the crib up mm-hmm. you know in church and so you'll see it gradually start being built mm-hmm. right okay okay I don't know if that makes sense it does it does you know is that something that was more official prior to Vatican II or is yes prior to Vatican II there was more of an emphasis on penance for the season of Advent okay although um, not still not as much as Lent okay but uh, and this provided a time for people to have a little bit of a a feast so so it's it its status wasn't necessarily any different but because the rest of the season had a bit of a different emphasis yes. prior to the council 
it, this took on greater meaning. Right. Understood. Okay. Great. And then again, home rituals. How, what what can Catholic families do? You, you referred to the Advent wreath. Anything else that you would recommend? And any resources you'd recommend for for families who want to do something uh, a little bit special during the Advent season? Well, of course, have the Advent wreath at home um, and light the uh, Advent candles as a family, and to pray as a family. Um, course, if you've fallen back on the family rosary, this might be a time to start it up again in anticipation of Christmas. Um, the old custom of waiting to put the Christmas tree up is an excellent thing to bring home the what we do in church and what the church, Holy Mother Church uh, maintains as her, her spirit. Uh, waiting until Christmas? Christmas Eve or a few days closer to Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. Uh, you know, to put it up as a family, mm-hmm. you know, and um, to not worry so much that maybe our neighbors have already decorated everything after, day after Thanksgiving, you know. But we wait, and then you keep it up. You you keep it up through the whole Christmas season, um, and keep the crib up. Wait to put the crib up, and put the crib up as a family. You know, your nativity scene. Um, and on Christmas Eve, uh, before you go to church, you know, wait to put the baby Jesus in and, and do that at home as a family. Maybe the littlest, the youngest, if you have young children, or the oldest. Let's say your grandparents live with you. Maybe grandmother could put the baby Jesus in. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a season for children, but we're, and because we're all children of God, um, we should... Um, try to think of these things where we can celebrate as a family and that traditions can begun begin or old traditions can be started up again you know family customs in our family we do this and you might hear someone say that and another old lady or old man might say well we used to do that when we were kids you know mm-hmm. we uh and we we uh we waited for that mm-hmm. and we would never you know um have put the tree up before christmas eve you know, but we kept it up through the whole season until right. it until it dried out. <laughs> as long as there's not a fire, you know, <laughs> watch fire hazards. But okay, thank you. And, and just anything else that that we haven't said that you you think would be good for people to know about Advent. It's a new liturgical year. Um, as Catholics, we, you know, as you know, we always hear about our New Year's resolutions. Well, we have a little bit, bit of jump start mm-hmm. on the rest of uh, society. It's a new liturgical season. It's it's time to start praying again. Have I fallen back on my prayer time, my time with the Lord in, in prayer, or, or is our our time as a family together mm-hmm. in prayer? Um, it's a new season. It's a season of hope. Uh, it's a season to get ready, and it's time to to. Uh, make good resolutions that we can keep through the whole year. And if we we fall back on them, Lent is just around the corner, <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. So, uh, um, and we all we, and to pray every day for an increase in the virtue of hope. And um, so okay. that would be my conclusion. Okay, thanks, Father. And we'll be talking again in a couple weeks uh, about the season of Christmas, which we've spoken a little bit about today. But I, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come and, and talk a little bit with us about the season of Advent. So, Thank you. Thank you, Father. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. God bless you.
And that will do it for this sixth episode of the Pray Rome Companion. Again, if you have any questions, you can reach me by email at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. God bless you.